The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey, joined by Dalton Miller. Cole Patterson is my co-host, and we're joined by a very special guest tonight. We have Ifatu Melanfanwu, the Syracuse DB. What's going on, man? How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm excited to be on here. We're excited to have you on, and I want to get into some of the combine talk since that's, that's hot on the stove, but I wanted to ask you... Um, you know, I, I said defensive back because some people have you as a safety. Some people have you as a corner. I like you as a corner. I think your tape as a corner is tremendous in 2020. Um, I think it's been good the last few years. Where are you kind of working out as right now? Where are maybe some NFL teams viewing you as going into the league? Um, so right now I'm working out as a, as a corner. Um, so with some of the safeties here, we, we all do the same stuff. So it's like we just do general DB stuff. So corner safeties are really doing the same thing. Um, I know some teams have me uh, listed like a safety or look view me as a safety, um, which is I'm perfectly fine with that. And then obviously there's uh, a lot of teams seeing me as a corner, which is what I played. It, it, so, so yeah, where uh, where are you training right now? I'm in Tampa. I'm at Yo Murphy Performance. I wanted to go back to the corner safety thing. Why, why do you think – is it the size they just see as, as a big corner and that's always kind of like a, a thing that big corners do, they get moved to safety? Because, I mean, again, your tape at corner is good. Like, you're a great athlete. You got length. You're physical. Like, I just – I mean, again, I think you can play safety just fine. But guys, you know, finding those big physical long corners are hard to do and you have the, you have the traits to do that. Yeah, I think it's probably because of my size and physicality because I, I do tackle. That's something I, I pride myself on because, um, um, you know, a lot of corners, you know, corner is not really a position where you have to tackle too much. Right. But I do pride myself in that. And probably my brother being a safety probably factors into it as well. Yeah, I'm sure that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of wanted to get in on the tackling thing because that's something that was – blatantly obvious during your tape i mean after a while especially during that clemson game yeah 
why would they continue <laughs> to throw that, that little bubble screen your way when you're just getting rid of whoever that outside receiver is and making plays? Like, why, why would they continue? I know that that's like that and mirrored smash is like Clemson's entire offense. Yeah, yeah. But like, wh- why continue to do that to, to your side of the field? It didn't make sense. Uh, I'm not sure. that. I mean, that's what they like to do. They, they like to heavy screen game. So I thought maybe they just thought it would um... – you know, don't go away from what, what you do best. So maybe they thought it would end up opening up, but nah, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, that was something I was clued in on. Um, and I knew they liked to do that. And obviously I'm very physical, so I knew it wasn't really gonna, you know, I had no problem with that. And Dalton mentioned the Clemson tape. I mean, obviously that, that the UNC game, we only have, I think we have two or three games of 2020 tape on you. And those two games, they're just tremendous. Um, from a coverage standpoint, from a physicality standpoint, you know, coming up and tackling and run support. I mean, you show all the ability in those two games. Would you say that those are two of the better games that you've had on tape in your college career? Yeah, those two, definitely. Definitely this year. Um, also, I'd like to add even from 2018, my UNC tape from 2018 was good when I was a redshirt freshman, but definitely from 2020, Clemson, Clemson and UNC are definitely my best games. Do you have any sort of like, I mean, I'm sure you do. You being a competitive, you know, football player, your level, I'm sure you have like extra drive going into those bigger matchups against your, your Clemson's or UNC's, but what kind of drives you to play, you know, take your game to another level against, you know, when you're facing guys like Trevor Lawrence and Amari Rogers and Justin Ross, all those guys on Clemson's field who are going to play in the league at, I'm sure something inside of you makes you want to take your game to the, to another level. Um, can you kind of describe what it is, you know, what it is or how that works? Yeah. I mean, it's just being, it's just being a competitor. I feel like everyone, you know, you want to go against the top guys to, it's like a measuring stick to um, see where you're at. And, you know, if you can beat that guy, it'll only elevate you and, um, and make you look better as well. And then also when I was a red shirt, we beat Clemson. So I feel like guys never really had, like, on my team, never really had a um, – like, we were always motivated to go into Clemson because, obviously, we beat them before. So it was always, like, extra motivation. Like, you know, we think we can do it again and we can actually play with these guys. Like, because even the next year, we I think we only lost by four or three and they scored on their last drive. So it's, like, it's always, like, extra motivation when we go against them specifically. Yeah, kind of along those same lines, um, talking about motivation and everything, is there a particular matchup or a particular player that you went into the week, you came in on Monday watching film, getting ready for Saturday that you wanted to uh, go up against, that you knew that it was going to be a big challenge, but um, you knew you would hold your own and if not win the matchup one-on-one? Um, I would say I would say UNC because – I'm I'm right corner. I was I played in 2020. I played right corner, but the year before and the year before that, I was playing both sides. It really didn't matter. We would just we would just switch. But I was playing right corner, so I knew, or we all knew. The coaching staff knew that that right side that was Deami Brown side, like their offensive left, our right. So that yeah. was that was a matchup. Like I was um, very excited for including to that. Um, I'm trying to think another matchup. A lot of teams, a lot of teams switch receivers in and out. So, but I just knew that 
I just knew that um, UNC, they always had him on that side. So that was a matchup I was excited for. Yeah, with that, I wanted to get into the, the scheme part of it really quickly. It, was there a particular reason why you did go, you know, particularly to that right side this year? I know you guys really switch up what you do between one high, two high. Um, you guys move guys around quite a bit in the back end. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a reason they had you move to the, the right side? No, nah, no, there actually wasn't a reason, like, when when the when the new staff came in, or the new, not new staff, but new DC came in, new corners coach came in, I was just listed as right corner. So I, we just stuck, we just <laughs> stuck, stuck with it. it. And, and um, but we did in fall camp, we did ro- like switch sides because we obviously just can't get work at one side constantly. Yeah. We never know what could happen. You know, we might have to switch sides mid game or someone could get injured and I might have to. So like we, there was weeks, like I think there was like a, there was like a two week period um, so half a half a uh, camp, I was on the left side. I think it was like middle, maybe second, third week, and then uh, fourth week, I switched back to the right side. Is that where cool. you're most comfortable at, or do you f- feel like you can play anywhere? No, I feel like I can play anywhere. It, that's just where it happened to uh, be this year. Because the year before, we played, um, we really played it like boundary. We really played it like boundary yeah, and field. field. And um, the corner last year would always start in the would always start in the boundary, mm-hmm. so you know that's that could switch. So, so like he might start the series right this this series, next series he might be left, and then uh, we never we didn't switch. We stayed we stayed what whatever start the series. So it really didn't matter. It doesn't matter for me. That's that's super interesting because usually when you see boundary and field, unless a team's in a hurry up, they, they go boundary field the entire time. But, you know, prior to this year, you just stayed on it the entire side depending on where the ball was at the start of the series, and then you just stayed there. That That's interesting. I haven't heard that before, but that, that's really cool. I, I just wanted to bring up real quick, and I know that, you know, you're comfortable playing both sides of the ball. Um, we are, you know, on top of being a draft podcast, we are a Dallas Cowboys heavy podcast. Um, and, you know, Trayvon Diggs, he played on the left side of this Dallas Cowboys defense. So, you know, little right cornerback action, you know, from, from you in a, in a, with a star in your helmet wouldn't be too, too, too upsetting. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Did, uh, did you have a, a favorite team growing up? Or? Yeah, I'm from Massachusetts, so mm-hmm. my favorite team was the Patriots. Okay. okay. So, uh, so you've been a a spoiled fan your entire entire <laughs> yeah, your yeah. entire life because you're only what twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. So basically, my whole life I've been. You don't know what it's like, man. <laughs> I mean, this year, this year I got a little taste of that. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Um, I was curious. You talked a little bit of kind of like your, I guess, briefly about your responsibilities in the secondary at Syracuse. I want to maybe get you to dive a little bit deeper. Um, we. So as Cowboys fans, we saw defense last year that incorporated a lot of different scheme than what we were used to. We, we played a lot of Tampa, too, when Rod Marinelli and Chris Richard were here. Um, and then you saw a lot of different quarter schemes, man, zone, it switched on and off. Can you talk a little bit about your responsibilities at Syracuse and what your really goal was as the right quarterback in that defense in 2020? Um, in 2020, we played, we played a lot of man. We played a lot of man. We played cover three and cover two. Um, some games, it really just, it really kind of just depended on the game. 
but those, if I had to pick three, it would be those those three. Um, played some cover four, Rich Clemson versus UNC. We played some cover four, but really, man, um, man, cover two and cover three. And then we obviously, we had like some variations to cover three. And then, man, sometimes it was cover one. Sometimes it was cover, a lot of times actually it was cover zero. I'm curious just from a wanting to get a, a corner's perspective, what is the ideal coverage scheme against NFL offensive schemes in, in 2021? We've heard a lot of talk about that recently when they, they brought oh. in Dan Quinn and he runs a cover one, cover three heavy scheme. And like a lot of people are like, Oh, that scheme's outdated. It doesn't work as much anymore. If you had to answer that question is what's the, what's the best defensive scheme to combat offensive schemes in 2021? What would you say? That, that's a good question. I, I, I really don't know because I feel like it just switches. It just switches right. like, and it really depends on the teams you play. But for a while, for a while, obviously Seahawks, Legion of Boom, that cover three scheme right. was great. So I don't right as of right now, I could I couldn't even answer that. Well, you answered it right for our, our Cowboys minds because we're, we're trying to find somebody to come in here and play corner opposite of Trayvon Diggs, and there's going to be a lot of cover three going on here. So we're hoping mm-hmm. uh, we're hoping your name's wearing a, a, a blue and silver jersey with a star on your helmet here in a few months. Yeah, <laughs> sure, for sure. I had a quick question. Just, um, you know, as you prepare for the NFL and everything, um, how has – how how beneficial has it been to have a brother, you know, that's gone through the draft process that knows what it takes to play in the NFL and all that kind of stuff? Like, has he talked to you at all about what to do, uh, how to train, how to prepare for interviews, or is he letting it do your own thing? Like, how's that been like? Oh, no, he – I used to talk to him today, today about the little interviews and stuff. Um, basically, he told me to be myself. He knows I'm a smart – I'm a smart dude. Um a lot of times they try to get you with background stuff. I don't really have any like background right. issues or character issues. So we said, you know, j- just be myself, um, answer questions. Like how he knows I can answer questions um, in terms of training. He just told me to, to really, to really don't, don't cheat anything early on because you really want to see how you've improved from when you first get there to, to later. So basically he just said, um, just basically just giving my all each day, day in and day out, especially while I'm training here. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 
Com. Yeah, so how, uh, how long have you been down in Tampa training and where kind of are you guys right now? Because I know, you know, at the start of all of this, it's very technical getting, you know, stance and start down for the 40. Um, where are you guys at in the process? And, you know, do you guys have any like mock combine set up um, down there so far? Um, so I got here January 2nd. And when I got here, there was, I think there was about like, maybe like five of us, but everyone's, everyone, you know, people had bowl games and stuff. So everyone's just starting to roll in and everything like that. Um, we haven't, I, I want to say, I, you can't really quote me on this, but I, we haven't done any mock stuff right now, combine, but I think it's because we have so many guys going to the senior bowl. He, he probably just wants to wait. So we haven't done any mock stuff. Obviously we've done, uh, stars for five ten five done you know forty stance forty start things like that but in terms of like uh, like practice tests to get our first numbers we haven't done that yet. Have you all been talking much about the changes that they have coming with the combine? You know they released it earlier in the week that you know they're gonna kind of it's gonna be a whole different process. They don't really know what they're gonna do yet. Has that changed anything that y'all are doing as far as your preparation goes? No, 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 no. It hasn't, it hasn't changed anything because obviously we're still going to have pro days. So right. it's still, it's still going to be the same thing, but just obviously not a, a main stage like that, just individualized. So nothing, no, nothing has changed in terms of preparation or anything like that. I was reading a report earlier today that it, and it was actually from last year. I want to say that you were projected to run in the mid four fours. Can you, can you let us know if that's accurate or not? Yeah, I believe I, I'm confident enough to say I'll ru- I can run in the four fours. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's and, and I, I'm just curious, just because sometimes it's posted different. Like, which what what weight are, what height and weight are you at right now, and what are you hoping to play at in 2021? Um, right now I'm six three two eleven. Um, <laughs> hoping to play anywhere. I mean, anywhere around there is fine. The most I got uh, in fall camp, I was 215. And the first game, I was 213. Um, so any, anywhere really from like, I played from 213, I played at 207. And it's all, there's no, it hasn't really been a, like a difference. Right. And your athleticism me. and yeah. movement, so. So, I mean, because I, I watch big corners all the time, and I got to be honest with you, a lot of the time I don't like big corners. <laughs> but I, mm. I, I just got to be honest about that because yeah. there, there's a way you get to a certain point in your height and weight, and then it takes a little bit of your flexibility and your fluidity out. Is, is that something that you've really had to work on to, to get flexible and to be fluid, or is that just God-given? Um, no, I, I think – a little bit is God given, but obviously, you know, training here definitely still working on mobility, um, mobility and flexibility and stuff like that with the yoga and all the mobility work here. But I feel like I I feel like when you watch me play, I, I feel like I don't move like a bigger guy. Right. No, you don't. That's what, that's what's so surprising. Like, cause you know, when, when we do this things and like we watch the tape and we, you know, rank prospects and stuff. And, you know, for a long time, it's, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's Obi's brother. He might be a safety. He might be a corner. And then we start, you know, the media starts to get to your tape a little bit and they're like, 
this dude is really good. And nobody, <laughs> nobody talks about this. And then it's like, yeah, you have this dude who's 6'3", 215, and he moves like he's six foot, 190 pounds. Exactly. Like, why don't we know more about this kid so far? Um, and, and so it, it's just – it's really nice when a big corner – like you can actually move a little bit. And when that happens and you see a guy like yourself who was able to mirror and match a guy like Diami Brown, that perks your ears up and get your eyes really focused in. So, you know, I, I do just want to give props if it's God given, if it's yoga, whatever it is, it was, it was incredibly impressive to watch. So I, I, and I'm not a guy who usually just gives guys props like this, but mm-hmm. Thank you for being who you are. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. That means and, a lot. And that, I mean, again, like for a guy who, like you said, 6'3", 211, 213, the first thing you noticed when I turned on your tape was not your size and your length. It was how you moved. It was all the movement, all the fluidity that you moved when your transitions. And it was a Clemson game and you're covering guys, you know, running go routes, you're covering guys running post routes and you're just crowding the catch point. You're, you're fluid in your transitions. And like, that's what stuck out to me. And then, you know, again, like I said, you, you see six three two eleven, but you never know if that's two or three inches off. To sort of hear you're actually six foot three, two hundred eleven pounds, and can move like that is, like Dalton said, is just really impressive. And kind of to yeah, Dalton's yeah, yeah. point, him just talking about like the lack of big corners being able to move and everything. Is there like a specific DB that you watch in the NFL that you try to model your game after that you're watching film that you want to play like, or is there anybody in particular? Um. Nah, there, there, no one in particular. I like to I like to watch a lot of different guys and try to take things from their game. Obviously, you know Jalen Ramsey is is one of the best, and he's a and he's a bigger corner too. I think he's like six two. So and he tackles too. Obviously, coverage, but he tackles very physical. So I, I like to watch like you know different things. So I watch Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, Gilmore. I'm being from Massachusetts. I watch the Patriots a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, off man Kyle Fuller. This off man is is crazy. So I I just like to watch different things. I I wouldn't say I try to model my game after uh, one specific person. Gotcha. And, and speaking of off man, because I, when I look at a cornerback, that's kind of the first thing I look for. You know, how comfortable and how fluid are you, and how instant are you um, playing in off man? Is there a certain key for you when you are playing off on a guy? Um. Yeah, when you're playing off, you you gotta trust your pedal, because if you if you open up too early, it's they can they can run really run anything. So you gotta trust your pedal. Um, my coach this year uh, really helped me with my off man, Coach West. I appreciate him for that. He really got my off man better, especially reading the three step. I've been like so reading the three step. Um, if it's three step, you know you're getting hit, so you're getting slant. You're getting quick out. So it kind of like when you read that, it kind of eliminates some routes from the route tree. So after it's not a three-step, if it's a five-step, it's a quick five, it's a drop back, then you're getting more of your intermediate, deeper routes, and you're staying in your pedal a little longer and things like that. So you guys, when, you, when you're playing off-man, I assume you're outside leverage and you're going QB2 number one in your read? Yeah, and and the shade, um, the leverage, it really just depends on where the receiver lines up. There's been times we played outside. I think Clemson, a lot of time when we were in the field, 
their splits were a little cut down, so I was playing mm -hmm. a lot of outside, outside leverage. But yeah, you're um, you're going, your eyes are going from QB, and then you uh, you read through through read through the three, then your eyes snap back to the nearest hip um, of the number one receiver. Cool. Cool, cool. cool, yeah. Um, so, man, I, I only got one more question. I don't know how many more the guys got, but I know when I turn on your tape, you see you playing special teams as well. Um, how important is it for you in this process to kind of prove to teams that you're not just a corner? You can you can play you can play special teams. You can play multiple spots on special teams. Like I see that you're a versatile guy on defense, but you can also do a lot of things on the special team side of the ball as well. Yeah, no, no, that's very important because it shows versatility. I'm not just a, like, like a, what do they say, one-trick pony. I could definitely play special teams. I've been playing special teams since my, my freshman year. Um, so that's definitely something I'm willing and ready to play and want to play, actually. So, yeah, that's that's big. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I don't have anything else for me. Do you guys have any other questions you want to get, with, get to them? Cole, you got anything? I'm good, did a great job answering everything I had. I have I have one more, and don't don't feel like you're pressed to answer this or anything. But obviously, every underclassman gets to talk to the the committee uh, about where they are projected in the draft. Did they give you an answer? Um, and if if so, what was that answer? Um, so I actually de I declared before I got that back. Okay. I submitted my name, but I declared before um, my coach actually got it back. But obviously, um, I made an educated decision on what things agents, uh, a bunch of different agents were telling me. So it wasn't just like really go going into it blind. And then also, you have to factor that in and you also have to um, take it with a grain of salt because my brother coming out was fifth, sixth round. That was, was his grade, his projection. Then he had a, a senior bowl. He played well senior bowl. And then also combine, tested very well. So And he went in the second. So all those things, you really got to factor it in. I obviously lied. I actually have another question I want to ask you after that one came up. But uh, mm -hmm. obviously you're, you're coming into the draft with teammates like Andre Cisco, who's you know one of the top-ranked safeties in his class. Uh -huh. How, uh, can you talk about that relationship that you've kind of built with him over and some of the other DBs too, who, who were going to be coming out this year and soon as well? Um, just a relationship you guys have built, you know, obviously, you know, no offense, but Syracuse isn't known for being a great, you know, corner class, you know, DBU by uh -huh. any means. You guys have really turned into one of the best units in the league over the last few years. Um, can you talk a little bit about just the relationship you guys have built over the years? Um, Cisco specifically, I probably – I probably talked to uh, Cisco, I want to say, like, probably maybe once every day or once every other day I talked to Cisco. So that's the relationship I have with him. Uh, he's one of my closest uh, friends on the team. Also, as well as, well as Trill, too. Yeah. Um, Trill, me and Trill have been very close since he got there because we were both corners at the time. So we've been very close. We're all, us three are all all very close. And even, even the whole secondary um, – Guys like uh, Garrett Williams, when they, when them two left, when Cisco and Trill left, I was doing everything with Garrett. We go out to eat, watch film together. So I think the just the whole unit is is very very close with each other. 
And then my last question is, is McKinley Williams popped up on tape when I was watching Clemson. I didn't know anything about him, but that dude just gave Clemson's offensive line a hell of a time. Can you tell me a little bit more about him? Bear, yeah, they call him Bear. That's his nickname, Bear. Uh, obviously, you see he's, he's actually very – he's big. Yeah. He's very athletic. Like, he can do – he can do backflips and, and uh, That's what I heard. backhand springs and stuff like that. Very athletic, very quick, too. And obviously, his nickname is Bear, so you know he's strong. Um, but, no, yeah, he's a very good player. Yeah, he, he flashed a lot in that game. And I was like, man, I've never heard this guy's name. Nobody's talking about him. But he mm-hmm. was whipping Clemson's ass. And I was like, man, Ifatu's killing him. You know, this dude's killing him. I was like, this Syracuse defense is, is for real. Mm-hmm. So cool. You guys got anything else? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on. Thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. Can't thank yeah, you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, thanks man. For me. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you so much. Uh, wish you the best of luck in this process. You know, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see you at the combine, it sounds like, but hopefully we'll be able to follow up with the pro day numbers because we think those numbers are going to be really, really impressive. Um, so we're looking forward to following up with that, but we appreciate you coming on, man, and we will uh, – We'll, we'll, we can't wait to follow you throughout the process. We'll talk again soon, and uh, thanks again thanks. so much. No, nah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, sir, man. Thank you for coming on. We want to thank Ifatu Melanfonwu so much for coming on and joining the show. Uh, we had a blast with him on. Um, Syracuse DB. Real man, quick, he- I need to point out, you're trying to say Melanfonwu, but I swear to God you're saying Melanfonwu. <laughs> I swear, man. Pronunciation. I got to get the claps in. Melon Woo. See, you just did it again. <laughs> what you is just it? called him Melon Fon Woo. It's Melifon Woo. There's no N. Well, Melifon Woo, Melon Woo. There we go. Whatever you want to call it, however you want to call it. He's not a round fruit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's a dude, and, and I really enjoyed having him on. I think uh, 6'3, 211, 215, like can cover, can tackle. I mean, Dude, he's he's even bigger than I thought. I, like, three. I really, really like him at corner. But, like, dude, if if the dude, Cowboys get, like, Farley at, oh, at 10 or yeah. Sertan, I don't, give a, I don't give a crap who it is. Like, if they get a corner in there and he's around at 43, I'm going to play that young man at free safety. Yeah, I have – based on the three games that I've watched of him and I have three, three games. Yeah. I have a second-round grade on him. I think he is a – I think he's fantastic. I, I really do think there's he's not really, much, really good. I mean, again, he's got some rawness to his game. He's a junior, so he's not like – he's not a redshirt senior like mm-hmm. a lot of people probably think a Syracuse cornerback would be coming. So he's still young, so he's still developing a little bit. But the size, the athleticism, the fluidity, like the coverage, the tackling, like there's not much to not like about him. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's not there at 44. I wouldn't that – wouldn't, I, I wouldn't so, Honestly – with Darion Kendrick going back to school, yeah, uh, like I, I could see him being the the fourth or fifth, fifth corner taken. Right. Like it, yeah. I, you just don't know. Like you mm. think, you know, Eric Stokes, you know, maybe Tyson Campbell. Like those guys have you know more skins on the wall, but this kid, they're not this kid. Like uh, Campbell's dude, fast. Ryan, they're six three and four four. Don't grow on trees. No. Especially – and guys that are 215 don't move like that. Like, no. even yeah, if you're so fast, fluid. like, he's so fluid for his right. size. He, he is really, really intriguing. And I, I do need to bring up, because it's going to get talked about, you know, Obi not being the pro that yeah. his draft stock or his draft slot, you know, right. had him as. You know, 
Ifatu said it like he was a fifth or sixth round pick before the senior bowl in the combine. Right. The tape said what it said. You know what I mean? So like, I I really like this kid a lot. And that like, I'm glad you said that because the difference between him and Obi is, you know, like I said, I think the film Obi's combine just catapulted him, sent him to a, you know, again, I mean, with that size and that athleticism, it's hard not to. Um, But I I think, I think he's tremendous on tape. Like I said, I know some people have talked about moving him to corner, but I'm sticking his long, tall ass at, at, at corner and letting him play the ball, letting him tackle, and letting him be physical. Um, Cole, what's one thing you took away from the interview that you you, you think he can – I mean, again, Yeah, I love that he sounded, like, really confident just throughout the, the interview, you know. Like, he said that he he pointed out North Carolina, he pointed out Clemson, his games right. that he went into the week going to that – hey, this is an opportunity for me to show some good film. This is an opportunity to prove to uh, evaluators that I'm just as good as the receivers I'm going up against. And I think that's going to, you know, go pretty well once he gets to the league just because he he has no fear. He was talking about how the team beat Clemson when he was younger. So they didn't enter the game, like, shell-shocked. Like, we see so many teams doing that. Like, he was able to hold his own. And like you said, like – he didn't even understand why Clemson was going his way throughout the game. Like he was making all these plays. He was yeah. doing all that. And I, I just took that as a sign that, you know, there's some DB. I mean, you do have to be confident as a DB. It's kind of one of the traits you have to have. But I feel like a lot of his confidence is genuine, and he backs it up on tape. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, talk a lot. But I don't know. That's that's kind of what I took away. He, he uh, I think it helps him having a brother that went through the process and everything. And I know OB isn't performing well, like y'all said, but I think having somebody that's already gone through all of this is only going to prepare him even more. And that makes his ceiling that much higher, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm interested to see, you know, I know OB spent some time with the Raiders, the Patriots. So I'm interested to see kind of what he does. Because, again, like there's some rawness there with him too, the athleticism's there too. But I think yeah. he's still a player that could potentially turn into something um, with his size and athleticism. But uh, mm-hmm. that's all the time we have for today. We'll be back later uh, in the week. We're going to have a big guest on um, later coming up on this weekend. Oh, big guest. Big guest. Uh a big guest that's that's your hit that's called a tease yep so <laughs> so make sure uh, we're gonna these episodes are gonna be coming out on wednesdays and sundays so make sure you're paying attention you're subscribing to the blogging your boys podcast channel so you can hear us talk to all these prospects throughout the season thank you guys so much for listening this was talking the star Ooh, talking the draft Jeez, that was that was bad when us three get together it kind of is talking the star but but talking the draft we'll be back later in the weekend for another episode thank you guys so much see y'all next time